Matthew 28. Oh, I know what it was. When Patty sings and testifies about going through the flood and trusting God in the midst of it, you know she's a cancer survivor, right? I mean, when she says that, she done been through the fire. You know, a lot of people will make those comments and just flippantly say it, and they ain't been through nothing. Well, she's been through a bunch. Her husband right now is sitting at the bedside of his son who had that motorcycle accident, and he's got a long uh, recovery time ahead of him. So they know what it is to be in the fire. We've been praying for Brent and Robin, and uh, I don't know, I better, some of you know, some of you don't. Brent's cancer is benign which that's a good thing. <clears throat> Brent was cut on the side eight inches and two three-inch incisions, which next week, if they can get it worked out and figure out what they're doing, they're going to reopen all that and go in and get that tumor. So just be praying for them. He's on a walker. You know, he's, he's having to rely on Robin to do everything, which he hadn't been... That's, that, <laughs> You know, that's just messes with a man's independence, that's and all. But uh, just pray for them, and they're getting better, and uh, things are going to be on the upswing. Matthew 28, verse 16, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them still doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given complete authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all commandments that I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There are times that I think we've all asked because of the stuff that we've gone through, boy, Jesus, I sure need a, I need, I need a touch today. I, I'm either depressed or I'm down in the dumps or something ain't going right or somebody ain't listening, and, and, and you just need Jesus just to kind of do something, to kind of up, uplift you. And then you'll get the Word of God and open it up, and boom, he just begins to speak just like words jumping off a page. And I think that's so cool, but anyway, that's not the sermon. Last week, we were talking about why should or why share Jesus with other people. We're going to continue that for a week or so, and then I promise you on Mother's Day, I'll straighten all the wives out for you guys. Don't worry about it, all right? Y'all ain't going to amen that. You ain't brave enough. I wouldn't either. But no, I'm going to have a good time. I always enjoy preaching to the ladies, and I always enjoy, and the ladies enjoy me preaching to the men as long as I'm trying to what? Straighten them out. So I got it. We'll try to be equal in May and June and go on. But let me share with you something, because in light of Matthew 28, I want to remind you of Proverbs 11, verse 30, and he who wins souls is a dummy. That's what the Bible says, isn't it, right? He that wins souls is a dummy. All right? He that wins his souls is wasting his time. Well, apparently some of you have read something. He that wins his souls is wise. In the New Living Translation, it says, those who save lives are wise. So, 
understand that when we hear verses like Philippians 3.20, which says we are citizens of heaven right now, when the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we're eagerly waiting for him to return as Savior, he will take the weak mortal bodies of ours and change them into the glorious bodies like his own using the same mighty power that he will use to conquer everything everywhere. Look, I'm going to tell you why the main reason that I believe in my heart that I want to share Jesus because I don't believe there's a story any better. I don't believe there's anything any more truthful. I don't believe in anything that I think it's the most important thing that we, I think it's more important to get saved than it is to join the church. Y'all think about that a minute. Because if you join the church, you're going to bust hell wide open. But if you get saved, you're going to be with Jesus. And then join join up with one and serve Jesus. But I'm telling you what, there's nothing. I don't care what you do or how important you think your business is. It's not any more important than seeing people saved. It's just not. And when you die and you, you walk into eternity from this life to the next, I promise you're going to say that preacher was right, especially if you end up in glory. Now, if you end up in hell, you wish you listened to the story. 1 Peter 4, 1, 4 says, And by the same mighty power, he has given us all of his rich and wonderful promises. He has promised that you will escape the corruption that is in this world caused by evil desires. And that you will, you will uh, share in his divine natures by being partakers of the divine nature. What is salvation? Salvation is where you have received Jesus and now you obtain, you, you're a partaker. You have within you the divine nature of Jesus. That's supernatural, y'all. That has nothing to do with, with, with humans other than to receive a free gift. When you and I receive by the are ho- recognized by the Holy Spirit that we don't have Jesus in us, and and we accept Him and and we receive Him and He comes into us, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. I mean, God is on the inside. That ought to fire you up if you're saved. I say, well, what about all this stuff about Jesus coming back? He's coming back. Well, why hadn't he come already? Can I just read you his word? The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise to return, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. Why? Because some of you still got lost people you're dealing with. Some of you still got lost family members. Some of you still got lost children. Some of you still got lost mom and daddies. Some of you got lost aunts and uncles and cousins. You see, God's being patient for your sake He does not want anyone to perish, so he's given more time for everyone to repent. By the way, if you don't know what verse that is, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Why should we share Jesus? I said last week, number one, I'm going to stay on number one, that we're supposed to share Jesus because heaven is real. If heaven is really real, I mean, if it's true 
that when we give up the ghost, we walk from this life into the eternal life with all those who have died, with Jesus and the Father and the whole, well, the Holy Spirit's here with us. If we walk in with all the angels, and can you imagine getting to see your mama every morning when I pray? I said, Jesus, would you tell mama hello for me? Now, some of you believe that they don't know what's going on on this earth. I do. And if you study the Mount, uh, uh, the Mount Transfiguration, you'll believe it too. Those two dudes, who were the two dudes? Moses and Elijah. They didn't show up in the dark. They already knew what was going on politically. They knew everything that was going on. What, did you, what do you think that, that they and Jesus talked about? Well, it wasn't about going fishing when he got down off the cross. They knew what Jesus was fixing to go through. So, with my kind of peanut brain, if they knew that, who else knew it? And all I'm saying to you is, if heaven is real, why would you not want to get prepared to go? And there's only one place that can happen, here. You can't get saved after you die. You can't get saved without the Holy Spirit drawing you and you seeing the need and being lost. Why would you want, why would you want to reject him? 2 Corinthians 5, 1 was our text last week, which it says, We have an eternal body waiting on us, not made with human hands. It is promised to us from God. You say, well, what does that body look like? After all, my body's going to stay in the ground, isn't it, Preacher Mike? Yep, your physical body is. And it's not going to be resurrected until when? The resurrection. First Thess- read it, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians 15, I think it is, 55 to follow. Well, what kind of body am I going to have? What kind of body did Moses have? Did everybody see him? Yep. Did they recognize him? Yep. What kind of body did Elijah have? And by golly, how long had they been dead? According to the earth standard. A long time. But yet when they showed up, for some reason or another, everybody noticed what they looked like. You think they're going to know what what everybody looks like when you get to heaven? Do you have to have that answered again? (laughs) Surely you got it. Matthew 6 tells us, that heaven is a place where a safe deposit where we put our heavenly treasures. Jesus said, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on this earth where moth and rust will destroy and break through and where rust destroys and moths eat it up. What did he say? He says, lay up treasure where? In heaven. Do y'all know how to do that? If you don't know how to do it, how do you know you are? Well, Mike, by golly, I've got $50,000 in the bank, and I know that's laying up treasures in heaven. No, it ain't. 
Not if you ain't giving it to God. That's your treasure. Well, I just believe that I'm able to have an ability to make a living, and there's nothing wrong with that. All of us should, and I make $100,000 a year, and that's my treasure. No, it ain't. Not unless you're giving it to God. You're living on that. You're putting in 401K. You're investing it. You feel like you're getting rich. No, you ain't. Because there's only one thing I know that are rich in the people that are rich. And it isn't because you got money. It's because who you know and because who knows you. And that has nothing to do with politics. That all has to do with one person. And his name is Jesus. Well, Mike, how can I lay up treasures in heaven? Well, have you ever thought about, since we're talking about sharing Jesus, that might be one way we can send it off? Well, I just can't speak. Oh, come on. That's what Moses said. Well, I stuttered. That's what he said. Quit being a copycat. God said, I ain't going to listen to that excuse. So he sent Aaron, and boy, was that a mess. I wouldn't give God excuses. I'd just listen to him and obey if I were you. Because any, any other alternative is going to be trouble. Well, have you ever thought about praying for the lost? Might be a way if we send it on. Because if you pray for the lost, I'm going to tell you what the lost are going to do. They're going to get saved. Yeah. Pray for them. I've been praying for Uncle John for 20 years. Keep praying. He'll get it. Just don't lose faith. Have you ever thought about making disciples? Might be sending it on. Well, I don't know how. About time you learned. You say you're a believer, right? Jesus said, go and share and then make disciples. You might know how to share, but do you know how to make a disciple? A woman called her pastor. She said to him, Pastor, I don't know if, if, if you heard or not, but my husband is in the hospital. And he said, well... Uh, no, I didn't know that. How is he? She said, oh, he's doing fine. But they said that he can't get excited right now or he might have a heart attack. She, he said, well, okay. Uh, what do you want me to do? He, she said, well, that's why I'm talking to you. We won the lottery, $2 million, and I don't know how to tell him. I'm afraid he's going to get so excited he's going to have a heart attack, and I need you to help me. He said, well, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to go and and break it to him lightly where he won't get excited. He said, I'll try. So they went into the room, and they started talking, you know, and and chit-chatting a little bit. And finally, he looked at Joe, and he said, hypothetically speaking, Joe, suppose you won the lottery. And suppose it happened to be $2 million. He said, what would you do with it? And he said, Pastor, I'd take a million dollars and give it to the church. Immediately, the preacher hit the floor and had a massive heart attack and died. 
Some of us can't take that kind of excitement. And don't worry, you ain't nobody around here that doesn't challenge that at all. But giving is sending it on. Tithing is, is expected of you. Don't count that gets patted on the back for that. You're supposed to do that. You're supposed to give a tithe than an offering. But what if you do something out of the ordinary? That's sending the treasure on. You see, I just happen to be one of those preachers that believe that heaven is real. And, and you know what? I believe it's in the Bible. If you want to read with me, it's in Revelation chapter 21 if you want to look at it. John had gotten, he was on the Isle of Patmos, Patmos, and he had gotten a vision from God of what heaven looked like. He said in verse 1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. And the sea was also gone, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a beautiful bride prepared for her husband. I heard a shout from the throne saying, Look, the home of God is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will remove, notice, up to this point. You may not know what up to this point is, but up to this point, some people say, I don't believe when I die that I might have a tear in heaven. Well, I'm going to tell you what. He ain't removing tears from heaven until Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. I'll tell you in a minute when that is. He will then remove all sorrow, and there will be no more death, no more sorrow, crying, or pain. For the old world and its evils are gone forever. I, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating, okay? Would you all let me speculate a minute? I know you'll crucify some for doing that, but let me speculate a minute. I've been here 26 years. I'm not going to take you too deep into the river. But do you think Moses and Elijah did not feel the pain of the crucifixion of Jesus? Let me tell you something. Jesus was God, right? I said, is Jesus was God, right? All right, in John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is God, but yet the Bible says, Father, Father, if there's another way, let this cup pass by me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And it says in anguish, Jesus, uh, a sweat drops from his forehead of blood. He knew how painful it was going to be. He knew the anguish of it all. And so did Moses. And so did, why do you think they showed up? They were encouraging Jesus. They were, they were being heavenly cheerleaders for him, trying to, Try to encourage him. Well, that's my speculation. And one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm going to make all things new. And then he said, write this down, John, for I will tell you, <clears throat> is what I'm going to tell you is trustworthy and true. And he said, it is finished. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give the springs of water of life without charge. 
if, it, if we get springs of the living water without charge, what does that mean? It didn't cost you nothing. And who'd give it? Jesus. It cost him everything. All who are victorious will inherit all of these blessings. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. But cowards who turn away from me, and unbelievers, and the corrupt, and murderers, and the immoral, and those who practice witchcraft, and idol worship, and all liars, their doom is in the lake of fire that burns with fire and sulfur. That is the second death. Now listen to me. I went to Honduras some time ago. We shared it with you. And I had to get something. It was the only thing that I know I had to have except money and my wife's permission to go. But if you don't have what I'm fixing to say, tell you you don't have, you ain't going to go. As a matter of fact, I found out by Al was talking about it during the break. If the airline, Delta, Continental, or whoever, were to let you get on the airplane without having what I'm talking about, and you happen to get on that airplane and fly to your destination, they would be charged a fine of around $4,000 immediate to the airline. Why? Because they're not supposed to let you go on a third world country or the third world country come to the United States without having a passport. (laughs) Well, in your mission meetings, we scare everybody to death, including me. Make sure you got your passport. When you fly and hit the ground of a third world country, the first thing you do or first thing we do in Honduras is we go and we stand in a line. And then we go up to what, I forget those guys' names, but anyway, it's security, and you have to be thumbprint by both hands, and they take your picture. I think they do as good a job in Honduras as we do here in America. Then they say, where is your passport? You do whatever you got to do in the country, and then you get back, and then you go through the same operations. They want to know, where is your? Then you get on the airplane, head to the United States. Roger, I'm in the United States, and they ask me a question. Where is your? I look at them. I said, do I look fern? It don't matter. It don't matter that I'm an American citizen. They still ask me the same question. Are you or do you have a passport? It's a serious thing. If you travel. Well, some of you say, well, I'm never going to travel, so it'll never bother me. Yeah, you are too. You're getting on what they call eventually a heavenly flight. You hear what I'm saying? And you know what? You're going to have to have a passport. John 3, 3 says, you must be born. There is your passport. You must be saved. 
You see, Jesus is our passport. And if you don't have Jesus, can I tell you where you're not going? You're not going to heaven. You may think you're a good person. You may think you've done a lot of good things. You may think you've given a lot of money to the church. You may think that you're, you've served, you've taught, and that ought to get you in. Nope. No more than me standing in Honduras trying to tell them if I didn't have my passport that you ought to let me in here because I want to help your people. And they look at you and say, nope. Jesus said, I am the only way. No man will ever come to the throne room of the Father unless they what? Come through me. He is our passport. Now, I got a question for you. Because if it gets any simpler than this, I don't know how to do it, Butch. Do you have a heavenly passport? Do you? Does it give you your identification? Because the Bible says if we have one, our names are registered. We're written in the Lamb's book of life. If your name's not registered, if your name's not written in the Lamb's book of life, if you're not saved, if you haven't repented and asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and confess Him as Lord, John uh, Romans 10, 9 says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised His Son from the dead, we can be saved. Verse 13 says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you been saved? Because if you haven't, you have no passport to heaven. But you have an automatic pass to hell. Somebody said one time, Mike, how do I go to hell? I said, just do nothing. Because you'll get there just fine. And you'll spend the rest of your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed.